<sighs> okay, I'm ready for announcements. Are you ready? Should we do some announcements? Hey guys, welcome to church. Uh, I got like a whole list of announcements, so I need you to like listen. Okay, starting our announcements. Grace Chair is starting Sunday evening at 6 p.m. Uh, that's this Sunday, 6 p.m., here at the church. That's Grace Share. So uh, if you need some support, that would be a great place uh, to come visit. Great meeting to check out. Is that that's clear? Yeah, I can say that. Good enough. Okay, cool. Also, uh, later this month, we have a night of worship coming up. That's going to be November 17th. Uh, that starts at 7 p.m. It's going to be a great time. Uh, we'll sing lots of songs and we'll get to fellowship. So I'd encourage you to be there and uh, get ready to sing with our worship team. Also, Christmas Child, uh, Operation Christmas Child, that's going on. I think we still have some boxes we can let you have in the foyer. Uh, fill those out. The deadline for that is Sunday, November 21st, uh, right after the 11 o'clock service. Uh, there, there's a website, SamaritansPurse.org slash OCC. You can actually fill out a shoebox online if you want to. Uh, that's a great option if you're like me and always forget to do that. So there's an online option. So you can just click a button and... Send a box. Pretty cool. So do that. Also, a couple of December events I'm going to announce so they're in your head. We have a Christmas VBS. It is the Gingerbread Bash. Uh, that's for kids 3 to 11. That's going to be Friday, December 3rd. Uh, there's more information on the website uh, if you want to register your kids or if you can register to volunteer. Uh, that's available on the app. Also, there's going to be a movie night in December on December 10th. It's going to be the Chosen Christmas special. Uh, I believe we're doing a couple of seatings, but I want you to stay tuned uh, to get you more info on that. So as we get ready for church, we wanted to take just a brief moment to honor those who have served our country in the armed forces. So here's a video to honor them. Great face, Doug. <laughs> Microphone. There we go. You know what we were going to do? There's a video that honors the veterans because Veterans Day is coming up. So let me just take this moment. Uh, and we'll, we'll just do that this way. Uh, if you are, are a veteran or even active military right now, would you just stand up, please, so I can pray a blessing over you? Yes. And Lord, we pray for all of the veterans right now. Thank you, God, for all of them. Bless them. Uh, we're, we're so grateful for their service. We, we pray for... Uh, military folks everywhere, God, and uh, just ask that your peace would come and settle on, um, settle on all of us. Thank you for who you are. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. All right, so I don't know what they're, they're probably resetting something now, so. Technical let's, difficult. Let's go to, like, him. Oh, there's a mic. Okay. We're just making sure everyone's awake. Thank you, Pastor Steve. <laughs> Good morning, everybody. <laughs> We're really glad you chose to join us. 
I'm going to talk kind of slow, or at least try to, and give my husband time to work on stuff. You're so smart, honey. Good job. <laughs> I'm going to tell you guys what we'll be attempting to do this morning. We're going to start things off with communion. Pastor Fran is going to lead us through that in just a minute. After communion, we'll have our time of worship, which we've been having a really great time last night at 8 a.m., so really looking forward to spending that time with you. After worship, Pastor Georgina will come up and lead any kids who'd like to join her through a Bible verse, and then we'll dismiss them off to their Sunday school classrooms. Um, I keep reminding the fourth and fifth graders, your room is open again. So fourth and fifth graders, you get to go upstairs and all the way to the end of that hall. You get your own room back. Woohoo! Okay, hon. After that, after the kids run off to their Sunday school classes, then we'll have our time in the Word with Pastor Steve. Before we get into any of that, let's pray. Holy Spirit, would you come? We love your presence, Papa. Thank you for meeting us wherever we're at. We thank you for all that you're doing in our hearts and our lives, God, and we invite you deeper. We want to go where you go, God. We want our hearts to beat with your heart. Help us to draw closer to you. And we join with all the churches around the world where your gospel is preached with this collect. Lord God, our refuge and our strength, the author of all godliness, Hear the devout prayers of your church and grant that what we ask faithfully, we may surely obtain. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, amen. Pastor Fran. On the night it is betrayed, Jesus took bread and he broke it, saying, This is my body given for you. Take and eat it in remembrance of me. St. Mary took the cup. It's the last night of the Passover celebration. Cups of plagues and sanctification and poured and celebrated. Jesus took the third cup, which took up redemption. He said, this is my blood poured out for you. Drink this in remembrance of me. There with his friends that night, Jesus gave us a lasting ordinance, remembrance that we call communion, the Lord's Supper. He said, from now on, when you get together and partake in this meal, I want you to remember me. So his friends gather this morning, we too can partake in this meal. The bread and the cup, by the Lord. We remember and give thanks. Remember all Jesus has said and done and promised to do. Remember his willingness to go to the cross on our behalf. One remember how he died and rose again. One remember with awe and thanksgiving that he's coming back soon. So on this table, the elements of communion, the bread and the cup, by the Lord. Table's open this morning to all who believe. It says we worship and you feel led by the Spirit. Go eat, drink, remember, and give thanks. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Fran. We're going to enter into our time of worship now. And I'd encourage us all to sing out and to participate. In this time, if you're joining us online, please do the same. Sing out, participate. It makes a big difference. When we're here in the room, I can hear you guys singing. Uh, when we're up here, we're always so encouraged when we lift these songs together. So I would encourage you to do that and to focus in on God. We'll see the words pop up all over the place. You guys are welcome to sit, but stand if you're able. We are here for you, Lord.
lights went out Death had claimed its victory Love had given up his life. The darkest day in history. On the cross they made for sinners. For every curse, blood atoned. One final breath, and it was finished. Not the end we could have known For the earth began to shake And the veil
Do whatever you want to. 
in your presence, God. Lord God, as we're here in your presence, I would ask that you would anoint the words that are spoken to us, God, as we prepare to study your word. Lord God, use those words to stir up our hearts towards you. And Holy Spirit, I would ask that you'd bless those working with our children. God, anoint them, give them everything that they need to show all the kids your wonderful love for them, O oh Lord. You are so good, God. We love you and we thank you. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And amen. And Pastor Georgina, would you please come up and teach the children a Bible verse? Cool. Hi, guys. Okay, so who knows the name of the book where God wrote his truth to us? What is the name? Good job, Abby. The Bible, right? And today's story comes from the first book in the Bible, which is called, who knows what the first book of the Bible, Genesis, good job, yes, Genesis, right? Okay, so our story takes us today to Abraham and Sarah, and guess what? They had a baby, just like God had promised, and they named him, who knows what they named him? Yes. Close. Good job. Isaac. That's right. His name was Isaac. Jesus is always the answer, but yes, but his name was Isaac, okay? Isaac. And Isaac, right, was the promised child. And one day, hi, Jasmine. One day, okay, one day, God appeared to Abraham and told Abraham to bring Isaac up to a mountain, right? Yeah. And and Abraham and, and offer him back to God. And Abraham was upset a little bit, right? Because he was like, "Why, Lord?" But he understood that God can do all things, right? That God would keep His promise to him to have Isaac have kids, right? So early in the morning, Abraham and Abraham. And Isaac, and then two helpers. Can you say two helpers, guys? Two helpers, right? Yes, they walked 
to the mountain. Guess how many days it took them to get to the mountain? You think three days? You're right. Three days. Three days, right? And once they got to the base of the mountain, Abraham only took Isaac up to the mountain. And then Abraham built an altar, and he was ready to offer Isaac to God when all of a sudden he heard a voice. Guess what the voice said? Abraham, Abraham, do not lay a hand on that boy. That's what the angel said. Do not harm him in any way, for now I know that you truly fear God, right? You have not withheld from me even your son, your only son, right? And then Abraham opened his eyes, and he saw this. Stuck in the bushes. Do you see what this is? Yes. What, what does it look like? What is it? Elephant. An elephant? Close. <laughs> a, a ram. Uh, um, a, a sheep? Close. A ram. Right? Did you a, see a ram? Yeah, I Close. It's a ram, right? It was stuck in the bushes. And guess what? God had provided the ram, yes, to save Isaac. So the ram took Isaac's place. And guess what? Jesus was provided for us, right? Yes, Jesus gave his life. Yes, Jesus gave his life for us, right? So that we can have life. Did you know that, Clint? Yeah, good, good. So our Bible verse is what the angel said to Abraham, okay? So you guys ready to say it with me? So you guys repeat after me nice and loud so I can hear you because my ears sometimes don't work so well. You ready? Okay. Genesis 22, 12. Genesis 22, 12. That was so perfect. Wow, so good. Okay, ready? Do not, Do not lay a hand on the boy. The angel said, do not harm him in any way. For now I know that you truly fear God. Good. You have not withheld from me even your son. Your only son. That was so good, guys. You guys are so amazing. We have stickers because God rewards those who come to him. And he wants you to come. Here, baby. Here you go. I have stickers here, guys. There. Yes. Yes. Can you get that to Thank you, sir. Thank you. Okay, guys. Good job. So now, guess what we do, guys? Now we pray. Can you hear me? Raise your hand if you can hear me. Raise your hand if you can hear me. Good. Okay, so now we get to pray. So now we bow our heads and close our eyes. Ready, Clint? Cool. Yay. 
Father in heaven, we thank you so much, Father, for giving up Jesus so that we can live with you forever, Lord God. I pray that the little ones will understand that truth even deeper today, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Amen. Check, check. All right. Welcome to the vineyard. I know you got a lot of things going on upstairs, but my microphone is check, check, check. Not working. And now I won't know. Hello? There we go. Welcome to the vineyard. We're glad you're here. Welcome to those of you joining us online. So glad to have uh, everybody in. Always good to look and see who's joining us online from all over the country and all over the world. That's fun stuff, but glad you made it in today, those of you here in the room. Uh, If you're a first-time guest or visitor, that little QR code up there is for you. If you were to point your smart device at that with the camera on, uh, a link would pop up on your phone, and if you press that, it's our digital connect card. And we would love for you to give us your name and your phone number and your email address. Over the next four or five weeks, we'll send you a couple of texts and a couple of emails just telling you about the church and welcoming you and all the good stuff. Also, if you didn't get a first-time guest gift uh, on your way in, get one on your way out. Back at guest services, we'd love to give you that. Also, don't forget the little prayer. Uh, we're praying for our neighbors, and uh, these little magnets are out there for you to take. And I'm encouraging you to walk by your neighbors' houses and to pray for them. That, and don't go and knock on their doors or anything. It's not what I'm asking you. Just keep your neighborhood in prayer. And it's all on the app about what we're looking for. Uh, and then, you know, you might want to leave one of these saying, you yeah, know, hey, we prayed for you. Uh, and also, you might want to pick one up, put it on your refrigerator, and remind you to pray for your neighbors whenever you go in and out. But let's continue to pray for them. And while we're together corporately, let's go ahead and do that. So just think about your neighbors, uh, all those people that live around you, and let's just lift them before Papa. Uh, and so, Lord, we come and we pray for our neighbors. Uh, God, help us to love them well. We know that's close to your heart. And God, I pray that you would uh, just make yourself known to them. Lord, that you would bring renewal, revival, and breakthrough to this area, that hundreds and thousands of people would come to know you as their Lord and Savior. And we give you thanks for who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. Good job. Keep them in prayer. That's a good thing. Also, one last thing, uh, it's about our app, and so we're moving more and more stuff onto the app, and I have a lot of things coming about, uh, coming up soon, and, and uh, so I want to make sure you have the app. So that next code will actually, if you, if you did that thing with your smart device and pointed it at it with the camera on, it will give you a link to whatever your device is. It's fascinating how it knows that, and you can choose those things. And there's a lot of stuff that's happening on the app. Last week... Uh, I talked about the fill-in notes. And so everything, every sermon has these fill-in notes that you can follow along with and you email them to yourself. I think that's really important that you have those notes and can look at them in the week. Well, this week, 
just want you to know that when you when you get the app, there's all kinds of neat stuff right on the front page. And it sort of has right on front things that are important, things that are coming up, new events, things that are happening. Like if you scan this, uh, you would see the VBS that they talked about is coming up for the kids on December 3rd. You would see that Grief Share starts back up tonight at 6 o'clock. That's really important. Uh, and so you want to come for that. You'd also see that we have a concert coming up. We're calling it a night of worship on the 17th. It's a Wednesday. But it's really our Thanksgiving sort of, you know, pre Thanksgiving, it's a week early, night of thanks, a time to come and to worship God and to give him thanks for who he is. So um, you might miss things if you don't hear the announcements, and uh, the app will sort of back that up. So that's all I wanted to talk about with that this week. More to come in a segment we'll call WhatsApp. (laughs) If my son were in the room right now, he'd go, boomer. He's in the room furiously trying to fix something. God is good. So we're in a series called, are you talking to me? And uh, this is, uh, there's a verse in John 6 that I sort of took the title from where Jesus has said some hard things and a lot of his a lot of people have left. And he looks at the 12 and he said, what about you? You're going to leave. And uh, Peter says to him, Lord, where would we go? You have the words of eternal life. And, and, and Jesus does. Remember when you see eternal life, when you read about eternal life, it's not talking about the life way off there. It's the power of life. Jesus brought the power of life into the world when he came and defeated the power of sin and the power of death. And, and so... That life of eternity is ours already in Christ, and that's very important for us to go. And John, what he does in his gospel, he gives us a lot of practical ways to live this out. And so that's what we've been digging into in this series and uh, pressing in. And I don't want to review the whole thing now because we're into it a ways. But, you know, like last week, we were talking about how important it is to keep God in the equation of your lives. And so we need to do that. Today, what we're going to do, we're going to look into John 7. And we're going to talk about making right judgments, which is about seeing with his perspective, and the importance of encouragement in our lives. And so we want to make sure we're making right judgments. Like, you know, before you criticize someone, you should walk a mile in their shoes. And that way, when you criticize them, you're a mile away and you have their shoes. I slid right into the bad jokes early. You see what I did there, did you? If you're a visitor, I always do a few bad jokes. That was one. And then, so, so, and somebody, I don't have this one in my notes. Somebody texted me this one last night right before church. I think it's a classic. And so I felt like I should share it with everybody. So what is Romeo and Juliet's least favorite fruit? Cantaloupe. All right, last one. I went to the paint store to get thinner. Yeah, that didn't work. Alice, come, my love. Lead us in the reading of the word. Unusually, I have them in a really good place for you. You do. Thank you so much. You know, each week it takes him longer to find the jokes than it does to write his message. He writes the messages weeks out, but... And he won't tell me the jokes ahead of time because he's worried they're going to get censored. So, (laughs) 
let's press into Papa, shall we, before we read the word? Thank you, Daddy. Thank you for being here amongst us this morning. Thank you for lightening our burdens and showing us the way. Father, thank you that for every situation we are in, you meet us. Lord, I pray that wherever anybody is at today, you would just bless them in that situation. That they would see you and know that you are at work in their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Will you stand with me, please, for the reading of the word? The text today is out of the Gospel of John. This is chapter 7, verses 21 through 24. Jesus said to them, I did one miracle, and you're all amazed. Yet because Moses gave you circumcision, though actually it did not come from Moses but from the patriarchs, you circumcise a boy on the Sabbath. Now if a boy can be circumcised on the Sabbath so that the law of Moses may not be broken, why are you angry with me for healing a man's whole body on the Sabbath? Stop judging by mere appearances, but instead judge correctly. Blessed be the word, y'all can be seated. Stop judging by mere appearances. Make a right judgment. We need to um, begin to see things the way Jesus says and the way Jesus says. And, and we need to quit sort of reacting to the perspective that the world is trying to put on us all the time. Now, let me tell you that what was going on here and the issue that Jesus was having, the problem he was having is that the religious people of the day were giving Jesus a hard time about him healing uh, on the Sabbath, about doing anything on the Sabbath. And so if you went back a couple of chapters, you saw that in uh, John 5, we spent time and he, and he heals the man by the pool of Bethesda and said, pick up your mat and walk. And that was on a Sabbath. And the Rather than celebrate what God is, this guy had been an invalid for 38 years. Rather than celebrate that God had done a miracle, that something had changed, all they could do, all they could see was that that Jesus had done something outside of the way they thought it was supposed to be done, and they wouldn't let it go. And they're just on him and on him and on him about it. And Jesus is saying, really, that's what you're worried about? He's not, you know, you, if you, you do a circumcision if it happened. I healed a guy. Uh, he was, this guy was healed. And all you can worry about is, is what you think it looks like and doesn't look like. And he said, you need to start making right judgments. You need to begin to see things differently. And, and so Jesus does a lot of things on the Sabbath. And I want to talk about why I think that's important as we continue to press in to the story. So let me take a minute here to tell you that two very important things in Judaism were the temple and Sabbath. All right. Those were the two big things. Now, we've spent a lot of time talking about temple here and what that means uh, in the last few series that we've done. And remember, you know, basically that creation is a cosmic temple, that God is creating a cosmic temple in, in Eden uh, and throughout the days of creation. On the last day there, on day number six, he puts us in there. We're the image of God, which is what would happen. All right. And, and heaven, uh, temple is a place where heaven and earth meet. 
That's how we've defined it. It's, and it's, a, it's an actual thing that happens. And so uh, in creation, in Eden, there was a place, a real place where heaven and earth met. And God came and dwelled with us and we walked with him and all those cool things were happening. The fall blows that apart. But it's the heart of God to have that sort of situation with us. And so we read about Exodus and then we read about tabernacle, right? And tabernacle, once again, tabernacle's built, God comes and there's a place where heaven and earth meet, a very real place. And then that moves on into the actual temple when that's built and presence comes there and there's a place. And then we know over time, presence of God lifts away as Israel goes their own way and, and exile happens. And there is no place on earth where heaven and earth meet. Until when? Until Jesus comes back. And it, the, the scripture John tells us in John 1 that he tabernacles uh, among us. He pitches his tent among us. It's saying heaven and earth. And then we also know later on he says if you tear down the temple, I'll put it back in three days. He was talking about himself. He was a picture of temple. Jesus was a place where heaven and earth met. A very real place. Fully God. Fully man. That's a big deal. He then defeats death. right? And, and sin goes to the cross. Rises again. The Holy Spirit comes. And now we find from Paul that we're the temple. We're the place where heaven and earth meet. It's a very real thing. So, so temple refers to place, and we need to understand that. All right. Now, Sabbath is about time. And Sabbath is to time as temple is to place. And so the Sabbath was set up so that one day, every week, people would experience new creation living. That's what was supposed to be going on. It would be a day different from every other day of the week. When they were busy doing all their things and running around, one day a week, they were supposed to stop and they were to experience this idea of new creation living. They would just be there with God. They would rest, recreate, enjoy their families, and do all those amazing things that we should be doing. And that was to happen once every week. But what happens is that gets twisted. Because we have a very real enemy that doesn't want us to live that way. And he began to twist it, and the religious, you know, people started adding all these rules to it. And instead of being this joyous thing every week, it became something completely different. Hundreds and hundreds of rules that had to be followed so that you couldn't live. And, and Jesus is coming, and he's disrupting that whole process. And, and so why is he doing that? So you got to go back. We talk about, you know, the origins of temple back in creation. Well... The same thing happens there. Six days of creation. On the seventh day, that's the Sabbath day we're talking about, what does God do? It says that God rested. We tend to look at that and we think, well, that means God just was done, kicked his feet up, didn't do anything. And that's not what's going on in that passage. He rested. What it means is the temple's been done. He's put his image in the temple and then he rests on it. In effect, he comes and inhabits it. It's a picture of this fulfillment. This seventh-day idea we get of a Sabbath rest, it's really this picture of us entering into new creation ahead of time. It's time and, and place are happening all together. When Jesus comes, because what he's going to do when he defeats the enemy, and he defeats sin, and he defeats death, and, and rises again. He inaugurates the kingdom. He inaugurates this new creation. It started. It's here, but not fully here. We now live in this tension in time between the now and the not yet. We live in this tension of time that we need to get a hold of. But because of what Jesus has done, when you begin to follow Jesus, you're a new creation person. All right? We, our eternal life has already begun in him. Everything is different now. Completely different? No. Why? Well, we're waiting for his return when he said, 
everything right. But something has already taken place which is magnificent and wonderful and changes everything. And what Jesus is doing when he's doing things on the Sabbath, he's just modeling new creation living. He said, that doesn't matter anymore because I'm here now and everything is different from this point on. So we have to get a hold of that when we see these things happening in the scripture with what's really going on. And it changes the way that we look at life and the world around us because... We live in a grumpy, fearful, discouraged, critical world. If you, I, I know a lot of you weren't here, but if you were here when I started that last series we were in, I started by saying that the enemies motivate, what the enemy does is he uses two sort of powers to mess people up. And, and those two things that he does are based on greed and fear. And the powers are sin and death. And that what Jesus does is he comes and he conquers those two things. He takes care of sin and death at the cross. And now we're, we're to live in love and life. And, and so this, this fear and this greed, though, are prevalent in our culture. And, and they impact us. It's, it's like the favorite tools of the enemy, as I said, is he wants to keep you fearful. He wants to get you caught up in a greed thing, which is a sin thing, and then get you fearful of everything. And what it, the end result is you end up grumpy, fearful, discouraged, and critical. And why does he do that? Uh, he, he does it to everyone, but why does he pick on believers as well? Because if we're living, modeling this life of Jesus, this new creation life, it has an impact on the world that causes people to be drawn back into relationship with God. If he can keep us from that, we lose the impact that we ought to be having in this world. And so he wants us grumpy. Anybody here ever grumpy? Anybody ever wake up grumpy? The encouragement is always not to because, never mind. There's a really bad joke there, but I'm not saying it. How about fearful? Wow, how? I, so so I, I laughed with the last group. I actually went back and looked at my notes, and I said a statement just like the one I made to you in point number one there that's still up there uh, back in 2008. I saw, my, I saw it say it. So how, how amazing that it's still so... Uh, like, woo, it's a long time later. It's still happening. But I had, I, I was talking about it back then because I made this decision that I felt like the Lord was telling me back in 2008 to quit um, allowing myself to be bombarded by 24-hour news stuff. Because I was listening to it in the background of my life, just kind of on because it was what we did back then, I guess. I don't know. And I realized that it was having this huge impact on me in not good ways. And so I, I just shut it down. I quit watching it. Quit listening to it. And... Uh, I still, I know what's happening in the world because I read headlines, all right? So I know how to pray. I I don't disengage entirely, but I don't need to hear everybody's opinions about how bad everything is and, and have me get more and more afraid so that I stay connected so they just keep laying it on it. And then all of a sudden I have, you know, 20 opinions that aren't my own about things that I just, okay, I can't, can't deal with it. And even now, even in just reading headlines, in the mornings I will glance at the headlines and, 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 Literally, in seconds, I'm discouraged. Because <sighs> the enemy's at work. Because, uh, listen, he does not want you to be encouraged because you really make a difference then. But discouraged, you're just going to kind of be like everybody else. 
And you're going to have sort of the same impact as everyone else. But look what Jesus says. Listen, listen, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. He's saying this in John 14 to his disciples. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. And do not be afraid. That's Jesus speaking to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. I, and I, I was kind of teasing because last week or the week before, uh, Jesus is talking to that guy who got healed. And he, and he, he looks at him and says, you know, live a better life. And, and, and he says, and stop sinning. And I kind of joke because I like that. That's, that should be what it'd be like, right? That's it. Stop. We should listen to Jesus and take it in. Stop sinning. But it was funny because when I was saying that, I had to be careful because I didn't look at anybody when I said it. <laughs> because I knew that if I was looking somehow in someone's direction, instead stop sinning, they'd go like, <gasps> and so I didn't even look at the camera. But listen, I'm looking at all of you right now. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. Amen. That's, that's what Jesus said to his, his, his folks, right? That's what he says for us. And yet the enemy hates that because he wants the opposite for you. He wants your hearts to be troubled and he wants you to live in fear. Because then you just get wiped out of any impact you might have. And he doesn't want us living there. And see, we have to remember that God is not the God of discouragement. He is the God of all encouragement. Why do I say that? Well, this verse, 2 Corinthians 1, 3, that word that we're going to read that says comfort, another perfect translation of that word is encourager, encouragement. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion, and the God of all encouragement. That's the heart of God. He wants you to be encouraged. That word en, when you put it in front of something, it means to be filled with. He wants God wants to fill you with courage because of who he is in this world, that you live it differently than everybody else. We don't need to get stuck in that fear and anxiety and worry. He's the God who empowers us to live differently. Differently. Second Timothy 1 7, the Spirit of God, the Spirit God gave us, Holy Spirit, does not make us timid, fearful, frightened, but gives us power, dunamis, power, dynamite, power, love, and self discipline. That's what Holy Spirit gives us to live in this world. Remember, I said this nothing is impossible with God. Nothing. Don't limit God. Quit trying to put God in a box. Quit, quit assuming just because somebody says something discouraging and fearful that you happen to hear that that's the way it's got to be. It ain't. I don't know why I use that English, but. Yeah. <laughs> I can do all things through Him who gives me. I got. <laughs> God's got us. Well, I say that. Does that mean that everything always goes the way we want? Of course not. Does that mean there's never... Of course not. It's a fallen world. It's a broken planet. We have a very real enemy. Do I need to be afraid? Absolutely not. Do I need to be discouraged? Absolutely not. Because God is with me. God is for me. And I, what I want to do is stop allowing all of that mess to... Um, Sort of be the perspective by which I see things and people and circumstances. Because I can get caught right up into it. 
Isn't it amazing? Think about this. So like I, I told you those things that Jesus said, right? I looked at you and you're like, oh, that's good, right? Don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't be afraid. But they, that should have more effect in a good way than every fearful thing that you hear. And yet, how quickly does a fearful thing that you hear, one headline that you read about this or that or the other thing, you can take that in and it can just completely change the way that you think about the day. Don't let it happen. You think about, go back and and you think about those words of Jesus. Ah, I'm not going to let my heart be troubled because Jesus tells me not to. And I want to see things the way that he sees them. It's a spiritual way of looking at things. And, and so he wants to change the way that we see things. I love this passage in Ephesians 1, 18 and 20. So here Paul says this. He says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened, eyes, so you can see differently, in order that you may, na- you may, na- bleh. may, na- <sighs> you may know the hope to which he has called you. Remember, we're hope-filled people, right? We know what's happening. The, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. Um, we, so we're, we spend a lot of time talking about that Revelation 21 stuff. When, when Jesus comes when, and when heaven comes down to earth, when earth is renewed and restored back to the way it was supposed to be, when, when we're given those new physical bodies, woo! Thank you. They thought I was looking for a, a cheer, but and everything is redone, and we're together walking with God, restored into the image bearing that we are always supposed to have in the vocation that He always gave us, and then partner. Can you imagine? So we live in a beautiful place. So that you hear you're visiting. This is a glorious place. You look out on the ocean sometimes and it can take your breath away. You can see stars here that maybe you can't see anywhere else. You can look up that way. You can see dolphins swimming around sometimes. And you can see, you know, all sorts of things. Alice and I were in Alaska not all that long ago. It's probably five years ago now. And we saw whales. And, and how cool was it to see whales? And, uh, you know, God has a thing about whales, right? If you read the Psalms, it looks like God comes and plays with whales, right? I think it's because of the way they sing, which is really cool. We were at the Grand Canyon last week for a conference. We went to the Grand Canyon. The conference wasn't in the Grand Canyon. That's an odd place for a conference. It's the acoustics. Sorry, if I don't say that stuff, it gets stuck in there. And we visited real quick. And the the Grand Canyon is awe-inspiring. And like... It changes the way it looks when you drive around it. It's just fascinating. But here's the thing about creation. We've only ever seen it broken. I mean, it's awesome. But it's, it's broken. When it's restored and renewed, just begin to think. And when you're restored and renewed, and when, when you're just walking with God, and, and there's no barrier, there's no separation, there's none of that stuff. That's, see, that's your glorious inheritance. We hang on to that. We're hope-filled people. And already, his incomparably, incomparably, however you say it, great power. A power which can't be compared to anything else. The power of the Holy Spirit. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realms. 
That's all that we have this being drawn into what happened when he defeated sin and death, this power. And, and then he's seated in the heavenly realms. And don't think when I say heavenly realms, oh, he's way off in the distance. He's not. There's a, they intersect. There's, there's a connection between heaven and earth. Jesus is in the control room. He's very nearby. He's very close at hand. And then Paul ties us with him even more. So, uh, Ephesians 2, 4 through 6. But because of his great for, love for us, because of God's love for us, And because he's so rich in mercy, thank you, Jesus, he made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It's by grace you've been saved, and God, what's he do? Raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. We just read about him doing that with Jesus. He does it with us because we're in Jesus, and he takes it with us. And so that eternal life, that new creation life has already begun, and it needs to impact you. You're living in the time, the tension of the now and the not yet. You're living in the place of temple where heaven and earth meet, in the time, the kingdom is here. Not fully here, I get that, but here in very real ways, and it needs to impact the way that you live this life, because the world is counting on you to live it that way. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. God is good. He's got you. He's with you. He's for you. You can trust him. That's what that word is telling us today. Amen. Always end on a high note. I could go, but I'm stopped. Come, my love. Ministry team, those of you here, why don't you head over to the wall? People over there here to pray for you. If you need prayer for anything before you go, let somebody pray for you. Sometimes you just need someone with skin on to pray for you. But let us listen for the Lord, and then we'll pray and we'll dismiss. Papa, you're amazing. And we love you so, so much, God. And, and I would pray that, you're, God, you're, you're so good at this. Your mercies they're new every morning. And God, this morning... I would pray for those new mercies. And I would pray for just a, uh, that peace that we talked about to fill us and touch us today. And I would pray that, that in, in your name, Jesus, we would take a stand right now, empowered by your Holy Spirit, that we will not allow the discouragement of the enemy to try and change the way that we see things. But... That we would see things the way that you do, with hope. That we would see the beauty of potential in people. That we would know that you're the God, that you're on the move, and that you're with us, and that you're for us, and that we can trust you. And so we we pray right now, we, we break the power of fear, and anxiety, and worry, and discouragement off of everyone here. Lord, we just break it off of them now in the name of Jesus. And God, let us all just rest in your peace and your love and your strength. And help us to see more like you. To make a difference in this world around us. To be encouragers that you use to change everything. Amen. Yesterday as I was praying specifically for this service and Forgive me if, if I can't articulate this very well, but I'm going to try. Um, I was praying in the Lord, and I was home in my living room, and the Lord kept saying, welcome home, welcome home. And I'm like, I'm here, you know, 
But that was just kind of what I felt him telling me in my spirit. And then Angie today, as she was singing, she kept saying, welcome home. And she was welcoming the Lord into his house. But I just feel impressed as I put those things together that someone needs to hear that today. Either you've been away or you've just moved down or something's going on and you need to hear, welcome home. Welcome home. The Lord lives in this place. And my sweet friend, Pastor Georgina, has a word I would like her to share. Good morning. Yesterday while I was walking the rows and um, I was praying for us, um, a word came to me, like a phrase came to me, and it said, Do not harden your heart against what the Lord has told you to do. And the other side is your deliverance. Thank you, Gigi. Amen. (laughs) This amazing journey starts by knowing Jesus. And I'll say it every time we meet. If you don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior, now is the time. You believe in your heart. Confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. If you've never done it, Jesus, will you be my Lord and Savior? You just pray that to him, and he will be, and it changes everything. Best decision you will ever make in your life. Thank you again, church, for your amazing generosity. We bless you for that, for your faithfulness, your giving, your offering, your tithes, and uh, and what an honor it is to be with you on this journey. Let's sing the doxology, and it will rain children. <laughs> Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Amen. May the Lord bless and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. Go today in the peace, the power, and the love of God. God bless you all. Thank you for being there. Please go out. These doors are open for you. Give yourselves plenty of room on the way out. Have a great weekend. Be encouraged. Thanks for watching online. We love you guys. You be encouraged as well. Have a great rest of the day and a great week. And uh, we'll press in. We'll be in John chapter 8 next week. Do you know what I'm encouraged about? Is it lunch? Well, dinner. Dinner. Oh, you made chili. I made chili because it's 70 degrees here. We're freezing. Pray for us. We're (laughs) freezing. Love you guys. Bye-bye.